This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I was just flipping through my Oxford English Dictionary earlier today, and I stumbled upon the word comedy. Comedy, in one sense, defined this way, professional entertainment, consisting Uh of jokes and satirical sketches intended to make an audience laugh. The second definition, you know, you got one, two, three, four. These words mean many different things to many different people and cultures. The second definition was very odd, uh, I think, to to people outside of our social circles. But for me, it, it hit home. It was just a picture of the Premier League logo. Uh, <laughs> is it yep. what, what do they what do they say? Um, <laughs> comedy equals tragedy plus time, or is that right? Do I have that right? Yeah, comedy is tragedy plus time. That's exactly. So, so that's kind of yeah. where we are. I mean, game week seven wrapping up here. It's yep. not a lot of time into the season. We're still in that sort sure. of wistful, it's still early at sort of phase yeah, of seven, FPL. 738s? I mean, what? We're like not even 20% of the way through. So does that mean <laughs> we're just still strictly in the tragedy portion of this grand comedy of the season? I think so. Yeah, we'll see. The whole world is a tragedy right now. Why, why should the Premier League be any, any different? Uh, we'll see what happens on Tuesday. Lord knows yeah. that's that's that's, that's right. leaning over my brain right now. It actually yeah. kind of affected our running order. I was just like, I'm. I, I think both of us are feeling so anxious about Tuesday. I was like, you know what? We're going to do this one a little a little bit different. Um, so yeah, we're um, yeah, like you said, we're eight tenths of the way through game week seven. And you and I, well, actually, I'm just going to hold it for a second because um, this uh, the opening question is going to be a little bit about uh, what we, what our feelings are on the season now that we're seven yeah. weeks in. And I, you know, we're going to talk about fantasy, obviously, but just sort of big picture. What is it like to watch the Premier League right now or to um, understand uh, what's happening in the Premier League right now? Because um, I think that there are. First of all, it's just an interesting topic because uh, I'm certainly interested in like how crazy everything has been. Uh, but I also think that there could be some strategic gains that you could have if you sort of 
accept that things are not normal, right? Like yeah. really, really accept it. We are still, when we think about our transfers, when we think about our and captains, maybe a little bit different because um, in some ways you're just fundamentally always going to captain, a, you know, a pretty narrow band of people. But I think transfers and um, formations and things like that, uh, I think that we may be stuck a little bit in a pre-COVID perspective. Um, yeah. So so game week seven, though, um, neither of us had a lot of uh, we, we we both struggled, I think, to make fantasy fun again in game week seven. Brandon, um, yeah. how many points are you on? Like 79 points or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> higher, higher, higher. No, I'm on 42 points with okay. uh, minus four hits. So I'm net 38 right now with James yeah. Justin yet to play and that Lester okay. leads match happening on Monday. My moves, how I ended up taking a minus four was. Prior to the James Rodriguez injury, I needed to do something with my defense because I had Lucas Dean on the red card suspension and VVD out for the season. So I decided with Matt Ryan in goal, we'll get to that in a moment, uh, to get some Aston Villa defensive coverage. And I moved on Matthew Target for Virgil van Dyke. And it was really helpful to get the news that Dean's suspension was reduced to just one game week. So Dean is back for the Manchester United match. So bringing target in and then the Rodriguez injury happens. And I, this was an interesting injury, I think for a lot of managers where it was in some ways really annoying. I think you brought it up last week, Josh, where there is this fear that Rodriguez is going to be this player that is just perpetually yellow flagged throughout the course of the season. Yep. And that's really tough with a player that is as good as Hamas is because you kind of want to hang on to him if it makes sense. But if you always have this sort of Damocles holding over you, it's, yeah. it's a problem. So anyway, his injury, Ancelotti saying he was definitely out for the weekend, presented this dilemma, which kind of became like a little treat to me. Like, OK, you've got some money. This mm-hmm. is this is a place in your FPL lineup where you can get a little more attacking punch for this game week. Yeah. And I do want to thank Jeff Petter for coming onto our Patreon podcast at the end of last week. And Jeff and I talked about how Rashford coming out of the champions league midweek, incredible form, like Harry Kane level form. You and I both were on the same wavelength. I didn't even know this was a move you were thinking about so seriously. Yeah. We both moved on on Rashford. So just to just to wrap up where my team is now, that move obviously neither of those moves obviously worked out. But what is just like stunningly hilarious, like <laughs> the you've the you've just got a laugh sort of state of my FPL team is. Right. James Justin is left to play, as I said, but I've got Sace, Target, and Matt Ryan filling out my <laughs> defensive structure. Yeah. All zero points. Just <laughs> an absolute comedy happening in my FPL squad right now. I guess, in a way, you're lucky that you were able to... Um, the, you, you did get eight points um, um, from what's your Wolves midfielder. Um, Potence. Potence, <laughs> Potence, thank you. I, I, was, uh, I didn't know this. Have you heard this this nickname going around for for a man, Daniel Podence? Uh, no. Impudent, impudence. <laughs> so um, he 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 finally sprang into form, as it mm-hmm. were, um, yeah. on Friday, which was great to see. And yeah, a goal from Salah, a goal from Kane, captain. So those are the silver line, and a goal from Calvert Lewin, which I yeah. almost forgot about. Interesting to see these goals, little kind of sprinkling yeah. around my team. Do you wish that you had never found out about effective ownership 
that that like had stopped like that that was not a thing that you knew about i i would say i enjoyed fantasy like at least 10 percent more before i knew <laughs> what uh the effect of ownership of all my players is Me, it just takes a little mm-hmm. bit of the fun out of out of i mean, I, I think i'm finally gonna stop looking because just meaning like any like you know the effect of ownership is so high for some of these players you know in terms of who owns them you know sort of in your band of rank or in the top 10k um and so you're kind of like well i don't even really want x player to score because you know he's so owned and basically effective ownership is you know if you own a player you have um 100 of that player right if you captain the player you own 200 of that player so there's these averages that will come out where you know you'll find out most solids effective ownership is you know 112 percent or something like that like he's extremely highly owned and then he's also captained by you know, maybe he's, he's owned by 75% of the top 10 K and then 50% of captained him. Right. So he's at 125% effective ownership. So you, when these things come out, you're like, well, I can't even celebrate the goal from the player (laughs) in my team now because it's, you know, and it sort of just Uh takes a little bit of the fun uh, out of the matches. I I think I'm going to try to get away from that. Maybe my, my way to make fantasy fun again is to not track effective ownership or, or just look at that stuff so closely anymore. I'll tell you one thing that helps with that, Josh, is to find yourself ranked around 3.2 million overall in the world. And <laughs> yeah. uh, every little bit helps in a way. I st- I'm still on a red arrow right now, I'm, uh, though I guess I'm like five points below the average. Um, I think that's something that we should talk about a little bit more as this episode goes on about the state of the template. Because yeah. I feel like where I see all of the dif- differentials... My team, mm-hmm. my team was just the wrong players. team. Yeah, yeah, low ownership players and all that. Um, players that are on the periphery that might give you give you a leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I just had one hundred percent the wrong team like a month ago, and as each week passes by, my I feel personally like my hand is being forced to bring in um, the the template players. Not that I'm a maverick to begin with. But right. um, my my where I'm going with this is all of the marginal differential players, players that upside players are mm-hmm. like Callum Wilson players right. where I'm just like, I do not want to bring you into my team. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm really struggling with at this point in the season is how far to stretch myself to find those players. Well, do you think, I mean, okay, so this, I mean, this kind of gets into our, the opening topic here a little bit, I think, but just given how weird things are, I mean, you know, do you think that you need to like do like a real like clean slate? Like I am not going to bring, like, do you think you just have, you're just bringing too many biases into your team right now and like too like too many feelings strong feelings about players that maybe are impacting your and i i'm talking about myself here a little bit too for sure yeah um because Colin wilson was somebody i i actually thought about as well mostly because he was like topping some of the stats tables and so i was like oh maybe um you know i I didn't ultimately do it i'm not even sure how seriously i thought about it not very not very really but like maybe there is something about like have because like Jack Grealish, that is a player who in theory you could have brought in, right? You're not tripled up on on Bill or anything like that. Um, but I suspect that you might think of him as like a little bit of like a flash player, or like somebody that you're just not like super enthusiastic about having in your team. And so, you know, could that have been? Do you think maybe if you were just like, I am going to go into every like each new game week, or I'm, I'm going to try to like you know scrub myself of any pre existing thoughts. 
um, you know, a little like, bit of that. that yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that. Certainly with Grealish, I was talking with one of our supporters on Slack earlier in the week and they said, Zaha or Grealish. We did a little bit of stats analysis and yeah. Grealish came out well ahead. When I had the opportunity to, when I created in my mind the opportunity to burn four and bring in another <laughs> midfielder for James Rodriguez, ultimately I came upon Rashford because I'm thinking lower ownership player with high ceiling, yeah. high FPL points ceiling. So I'll go Rashford because I need to start making some moves. Grealish, yeah. my only bias, my only bias there is he's great and so many people have him. And uh, I think we need to continue to talk about Jack Grealish because if you're talking about all the chaos that's happening this season, we need more Jack Grealishes in our team. Players who are fit, always fit, will always play, will always play mm-hmm. 90 and yeah. are central to everything. That is, of course, the appeal of James Rodriguez. Grealish even more so because he is a straight up talisman for that Aston Villa team. So I am totally like I am totally moving toward the Jack Grealish way of thinking yeah. um, uh, as this chaos swirls around us. And so as <laughs> yeah. as as I'm sort of working my way through the chaos, let's talk about your team. Where are you at right now? Uh, with two matches left to play in game week seven. Yeah. I mean, I, I burned two trans. I mean, I had two transfers to use. I, I feel like I ultimately blew them. Like I sort of spent them on flash players. Uh, needlessly. Um, I really regret not going Sace to Kilman. I sort of talked about, I, I psyched myself out of that move a little bit. Um, I was just like, well, I can't take out the highest scoring defender until he's finally dropped. You know, I, I need to wait until that happens. If it, if it does at all. I mean, he, I right. thought he would just slot back into the into the center back position. Really, uh, I did you know, as well. Yeah, I, yeah, and so I because that's where he played all of last season and played pretty well. Uh, so, you know, so it's kind of frustrating. And, and of course, that ended up you know I ended up bringing in Foden instead. Um, and if I'd brought in Kilman, I would have had six. I got one from Foden, and so Foden just feels like kind of a silly move. Um, I you know I can see the logic. I mean, I apparently he was he was like battling a. He was, he was, he was sick. He was unwell or something. He like had that. a, he had a little, so the squirts. Yeah. Or something. Who knows? Uh, and so he ended up coming on for, you know, nine minutes, got me one point. Uh, and my thinking was, well, you know, I think he's probably going to start. He's been, you know, he's been coming to the bench a couple of times. He looked great every time he's played. Uh, it's worth the risk at his price. It was just, I didn't think he'd come on in the 81st minute. Um, you know, so it was just, it was a little frustrating the way that, that shook <laughs> Especially out. Especially considering how that city team was playing. I mean, yeah. do they, okay. I think I have some advice for Manchester city, hire a running coach, not just, just a coach that teaches these guys how to transition from walking to a pace that is faster <laughs> than walking. That's my advice for Manchester city. Yeah, it was really frustrating. And so, you know, and of course I was, I was, I, my frustration was only, uh, was only amplified by everybody on Twitter um, yelling at me. Um, you know, what do you expect when you bring in Foden? Why are you upset? It's like, well, I think I'm still allowed to be annoyed, you know, if he comes on and only gets one point in nine minutes, like, I'm not sure why, um, I don't know. I think it's like everyone is 
My, okay, let's transition now into the like what's going on. I'm on, for, I'm, on 40, I'm on 42 points. I've got Stewart Dallas to play tomorrow. Uh, I got zero from Martinez, two from Robertson, zero from Sice, zero from Target who came off the bench for Sice. Uh, that leaves N- Lamptey's nine points just sitting there untouched uh, in second bench spot. Um, Lamptey, by the way, just last week against West Brom, he was just carving West Brom to pieces. Yeah. And this guy is the dude. This guy, we well, all yeah. need land. I didn't think He's I should so start. Good. I didn't think I should start him away to spur. I, you know, it was like a. It looked like a, the right move when. Yeah, no, you know, I, I see that. Totally, and I'm not admonishing yeah. you for not starting him. Um, I think that because yeah, I think the percentage of captains captaincies played on Son and Harry Kane show you that everyone expected, yeah. and, and just look at the lineup that Graham Potter, Potter went out with is. Uh, my theory here, Josh, is that mm-hmm. this week, Graham Potter, somebody turned him on to Ted Lasso, the hit NBC, <laughs> no, not NBC, the hit Apple Plus yeah, TV should be show, NBC. Yeah, where, yeah. <laughs> where Ted Lasso, he's a happy-go-lucky American who finds himself in the managing in the Premier League, and along the way, he teaches everyone these, these great life lessons, and yeah. I thought... With that Brighton lineup, surely Graham Potter had seen Ted Lasso and he thought, you know what? This Spurs match is going to be a great match for me to yeah. teach, you know, Neil Mape uh, a, a really you helpful he's, life lesson. He's, he's Ted Lasso. He's, he's the Jamie. He's the Jamie Tart of this team. That's what yeah, you're yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know where that leaves our, our precious Maddie Ryan, but um, I don't know. Either. So um, yeah, yeah, I think we all expected Brighton to get uh, beaten up. Uh, yeah. So I, I I totally understand why you bench Lamptey, but I mean, Lamptey is it's, is it's annoying. Yeah, maybe Stuart Dallas won't play tomorrow. You know, he, uh, a boy can dream. Um, so so yeah, it's a weird start to the season. I, my rank is still fine, I guess. I mean, I'm I even when you factor in auto subs, I'm around 300k, which is not that bad. Um, and if maybe Dallas will do something tomorrow, I mean, who knows? Right. So, um, but it looks like another hundred K drop for me, which two, two in a row, uh, which isn't so bad, but it was just kind of like you, it's that, you know, it's that sort of, what's the most, what's the thing that's the most fun in fantasy. It's when your low ownership players do well. And I think for both of us, we had a week where those players were the ones who were the, the flops, you know, and the high ownership ones did well, which is fine. I mean, like I, celebrated Dominic Calvert-Lewin's goal just like you did I'm sure and yeah. um you know and Ollie Watkins getting uh that penalty after doing nothing the entire match <laughs> uh kind of saved my yeah. rank a little bit too cuz he ended up, he nicked a bonus point too so I got 7 yeah. from him um and I was thinking about dropping him and so that so that worked out well I was happy about that yeah. Yeah. um but yeah just in general it was kind of a like uh you know a ho hum kind of week and I think you know the thing for me is that and this is now we now we can finally transition into the <clears throat> the opening topic here. Um, just my feeling is um, I think with, with, you know, with the election, with at least in the, in the States, I mean, I'm sure people are following all over the world. You've got the election, you've got COVID, you've got the Premier League being so crazy. It's like, I think that, I don't know. I just feel like I am not enjoying this season as much mm-hmm. as I want to be. And I, I'm trying to figure out, and maybe you can help me with this, Brandon. I don't know. I'll try. I'll I'm, I'm try. Try. <laughs> maybe we can help each other out. I'm trying to figure out what, like, look, I mean, this is like the central premise of this season, right? This came out of this summer when, 
we were trying to just have fun. Like we were lucky that we got these matches at all, right? After the season was yeah. aborted, you know, after after 27 weeks because of you know, the coronavirus outbreak. Um, that is, you know, let's make fantasy fun again. So what is to me, it's it's maybe it's less a strategy thing, and it's just like a like a like an approach. Like, what is the what is the best way to enjoy these matches? Um, I have a couple of thoughts, but just what do you think is the best way to enjoy your weekend? And I mean, fantasy is a is a fake game where <laughs> where the where people play matches and you have no control over the outcome. Yeah, and you're basically gambling on the returns. A very low stakes form of gambling. So, what is the best way to enjoy that? In your opinion. Yeah, I think you have to uh, at the at the very base level just focus on the Premier League and the football. Mm-hmm. It's sort of remember, okay, you have to do this sort of um, you know that scene in Ratatouille where the really grumpy food critic finally tastes the titular Ratatouille at the end of the yes, film, and suddenly he's transported back to his great earliest childhood moment and is this pure pleasure and i I want i want people watching the premier league during this uh season to have that kind of moment where maybe they they get transported back to the first time they walked into their club's ground or Mm -hmm. uh, which is ironic because that's the last thing that you're actually able to do during coronavirus but um that's that's like the base level that you have to get to is remember why you play the fantasy game is because you actually really enjoy watching football and try to not let the game sort of break that that tie. The mm-hmm. other part of it is to embrace the chaos and embracing the chaos might to some people mean, well, I have to try to crack the code of the chaos so that it can improve my FPL team. But right. I think. On the other sense, I don't know if this is me sort of like tacitly admitting that I'm giving up on this fantasy season in a way is embracing the chaos and that maybe this is just going to be a terrible fantasy season for you. And that's not a necessarily a bad thing. I mentioned this yeah. last week. For the about, record, for anyone listening who doesn't know Brandon well, this is a a complete lie. I cannot imagine you ever... Uh, giving up on a, on a fantasy season. I don't think you have yeah. it in you constitutionally. To do well, so. n- no, obviously. I mean, that, 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 that is a relative thing. Like giving up basically means uh, <laughs> I'm trying to sever that, that horrible <laughs> emotional nerve that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I will be crunching these transfers from here to eternity. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But I, I like this idea that we were talking about last week of um, trying to stop yourself from playing this season like it's the last season you'll ever play. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say we should give up on this season or that this season won't turn around or we won't sort of figure it out and things will improve and you could go from a 4 million rank to a 100K rank. That's 100% possible. Yeah. But do understand that you're coming back next season. The Premier League is not going to go away. I mean, at least it will take them a few more years to set up this European not even, Super League. <laughs> yeah, not even not even in lockdown, apparently. No, like a, no, yeah, no. Yeah. It, it, that, that, that's wild in, in and of itself. Um, but just know we have many, many more seasons to come. And I don't know if this is like a uh, planet Earth sort of like uh, the, the atmosphere healing time sort of a thing. But... Right. 
there will be more seasons to come. Everything is not riding on this particular season. Yeah, or or any game week. I mean, as you said before, we're seven thirty eights of the way through the season. I suspect we might see some stoppages that may this season may drag until next July uh, once again. So yeah, don't sweat any particular match. And I guess that that is the thing that I have been thinking about as we as we were having this conversation. I sort of almost talked myself into it as we were talking a minute ago, which is that I just need to. And it's actually harder to do in the U.S. and as the U.K. We don't really have a. Um, match of the day type program that that just sort of summarizes everything really well so the match of the day challenge is a little trickier here you can like pull it up on reddit two hours later and watch it you know but it's it's complicated it's like you know it's like you'll, you'll never do it if it's too complicated you just you know you'll, yeah. you'll think about right. doing it but you won't do it um i find it demeaning yeah. to uh to watch these things too like on my laptop it's like i'm it's, i don't know it feels yeah like you're like you're cheating or something yeah it's like yeah so i think something what like i have that. to I think the, the the thing that is driving me the most crazy, which I think is a, a a thing that's kind of like particular to the fantasy manager, is I do not enjoy these matches being so spread out on Saturdays and Sundays. It is it drives me crazy. It's because if things are even when things are going well, I'm just like, like a little too obsessed and a little too focused and. I, it is very easy for, you know, like an eight hour stretch to go by where I'm, you know, it's not like I'm like, a, I mean, I have a, you know, I have a family, like I, you know, like much like you, I have, I have things to do, you know, I eat my eat lunch and <laughs> sure. whatever, but yeah. like I'm, I'm I've got errands to run. I know you don't errands, know what an errand is, but I'm no, running never had, never had one in my life, but I, you know, I know that there are like, there are things that happening, but I'm pretty focused for like a good eight hours at not every weekend. There are some duds, dud matches for sure, but a lot of the time I am and I don't think it's uh, it's the way to enjoy these matches. It's it's just too much. And so I think that moving forward, I am going to look at Saturdays and Sundays, and I'm going to try to pick like two matches. Like these are the two that I'm going to watch. No, I'm just not even going to watch. Yeah, I'm, I can I'll watch highlights later. I'll track them later. Uh, but I just this like consuming all of it and sweating every match. Because you can always work yourself into a match. You can always wait. You know, there's, you know, unless it's like, and a West Brom Fulham might be like the one, the one exception. Oh come right? on, Josh. Yeah. We, we we always talk about the one night at your apartment many years ago where we stumbled upon the Dutch league, and mm-hmm. that was actually our first introduction to Graciano Pele, and we just started making non-monetary bets on which minute the next goal would right. be scored and it just happens they score a lot of goals in the yeah. dutch league yeah we you can find a way into, into any match yeah yeah exactly even from fans i think you'd be like well metro still has a fair share of owners you know et cetera, et cetera. so i think that that's what i'm going to try to do as far as the uh it affected my transfer strategy i i clearly have not solved that that yet and i think that's something that um, I, I don't really even know what I would do. I mean, you know, Marcus Rashford scored a hat trick in 20 minutes or whatever in the Champions League. And I thought, well, that's great. He was rested and he's in form. And um, and then, you know, it just turned out that, you know, Paul Pogba, you know, I, I posted this earlier on Twitter, but Paul Pogba, you know, at this point, at this stage in his magnetic career, he makes one or two like catastrophic errors in every match, right? Either it's like not threading like, a through ball when he should, or just following somebody in the box. And every time this happens now, he has this look in his face, like you can't blame me. I don't want to be here. 
you know, <laughs> and it's just this like kind yeah. of strong. He's like, hey, laughs. you're the idiots paying for this. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you're you're the one who paid a hundred billion dollars for me, and I want out. You know, so I'm sorry, I'm not going to give him my all. And the, it's just so clear that he doesn't care. And it's like he's like that guy, that that guy. I've been this guy before. Like you know that like that job. We all have. We all that job. Yeah, that job you're in where you're like, I am looking actively for a new job, and I'm going to do yeah. this job just well enough that I don't get fired, right? Like yeah. I'm just just until something else comes along, I'm just going to do the job, nothing more, nothing less. And that that is he is he is literally a player on the pitch, and he is like he could be you know, so much better than he is. We've all seen plugged in. I'm going to care for a while. Pogba. And that Pogba is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, he just doesn't show up very often. And now he's got this new thing where he follows people in the box all the time. And <laughs> he loves like, it. <laughs> yeah. And then he just shrugs like, Hey, I'm sorry, I don't want to be here. So what are you going to do? Um, so I did yeah, think it was fascinating yeah. that Ole Gunnar Southshire did not sub Pogba off when he brought Nemanja Matic on. Yeah. Um, That's a little too. And I mean, I don't know what the, what the opportunity is there. Like you play Scott McTominay yeah. farther forward or. Yeah. Fred was bad too. It, I mean, a lot of people were bad in that match. You look at, from an FPL perspective, um, Bruno Fernandez, just awful match. Yeah, less than 75% pass completion. Just you know, talk about people just like walking around like they don't care to be there. So yeah. it's a really difficult, as new Rashford owners, I thought that was a really tough match to watch and assess the fun. new transfer. Yeah. Uh, well, A, it was not fun, and uh, B, it was sort of like... Um, well, have I done have I done a bad thing bringing Rashford in? But this is this is the eternal narrative for Manchester sure. United, right? Like yeah. next week we'll be talking about how we've got to bring them bring all them boys back into our FBL team. So, um, yeah. I'm not truly worried about Rashford, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's just like there was that was a really there there have been some really hard watches for some big <laughs> matches this season. Yeah, yeah, and credit to Arsenal who who certainly. Uh, like a like a real like a they are a competent well well coached team and it's been it's been a while since we've been able to say that about them they 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 came in there and they did a shift and they nicked a win and you know congrats to them but I you know I think yeah, the main United thing is just more interesting and probably more relevant for fantasy so yeah Anthony Martial is back uh, next week so I think that will help. Another um, person to sulk on the pitch for Manchester United, another, just what another, they need. Another sulker, but it should help their front line because at least now they can play the Greenwood, Martial, yeah. Bruno, yeah, Rashford right, front right. four, which has it was very, very effective for them yes. uh, over the summer. And they're they're away to Everton in game week eight, which I actually think could help them a little bit because they should have some opportunities in the break, which is where they excel. Uh, and then they play home to West Brom in game week nine. West Brom is not a uh, a strong defensive team by any means, so I think. W- the Rashford is at the very least a hold for two weeks, um, probably for even like hopefully for even longer. Uh, but certainly for the next couple of weeks, I'm not planning to move him anywhere. I'm giving Rashford my hold him till the holidays. Brandon stamp of approval. Ooh. Now in Marcus your house, Rashford, hold him till the holidays in your household, though, Brandon, the holidays begin on Saturday, November 7th. So yeah. anything is anything is up for you know up for grabs. I mean, you, you, yeah, you could yeah. drop in this 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 game week. <laughs> yeah, it's all relative, baby. <laughs> you you start putting up those Christmas decorations the the second uh-huh. All Saints Day uh, uh-huh. happens. <laughs> so all right, we still okay. So we we talked about the the mental part of it. The 
strategic part of it, it's a work in progress. I think the thing about having someone like Rashford is that he is a little bit like Sun, where it does seem like the what you want right now is to have players that are capable of like 15 to 20 point returns. Sun had a terrible game as well, surprisingly, just a, just real yeah, off. Another great walking award for Hungman's son today. Yeah, just weird that a couple of those players, I guess they've, they've played a lot of matches. I mean, they're, you know, there's there's more champions like in midweek this week, too. They're just like jamming these matches in like it's insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, so which is, you know, obviously not ideal. But um, so I think that. I think it was just a one-off, just a, kind of a fluky match for, for Son. I'm not, not worried about him. But, but anyway, the, the point is, like, you know, because things are so crazy, having um, a slightly imbalanced team where you don't have a lot of money in your defense and you've just got a bunch of these players that could score 15 or 20 points at a match, I think that is probably the right strategy at the moment. Yeah, I have to agree. And uh, we, we talked about Grealish and, and players like that. There were plenty of affordable FPL assets um, and you know, even I have to accept the fact that even if I feel like I have to go template, even if I feel like I'm going against ownership, um, or, or buying into ownership with a terrible rank, that's just kind of how you find yourself on steady footing. And that's where you can move into a more sort of aggressive position. You just have to find some footing. You yeah. have to find players that are working, that are doing the business consistently week in, week out. And yeah. only from there will you really be able to move into an attack-minded position as an FPL manager. Yeah, and Grealish is only 30% owned. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, uh, just this universally owned player. So I think um, I think that could still that could still work out. Yeah, you can, you can never go full Maverick, as our, as our friend Eric Freeman has been <laughs> fond of saying. Or maybe I said it and he said it too, and we both – maybe we both said it. I'm going to co-own that term with him. Do it. Um, so on that note, let's take a break. And we're going to talk about Game Week 8 after this. All right, Brandon, just a quick note. It's November 1st as we record this pod. The first of the month or early on in the month is a perfect time to become a new Patreon supporter. You get a full month for your pledge. Uh, and if you want to support the cheaters, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do so. Brandon, what's up? Why would they do this? What's the, what's the deal? Well, I'll tell you what the deal is, Josh. First of all, you and I, we show up every Sunday night and we record this podcast. And it's a way for you, if you enjoy what you hear, to say thank you to us. And in return, you get an extra podcast every week. We record a podcast on Thursday or very yeah. early on Friday, depending on the game week. And that, particularly in weeks like this, where you've got European midweek action and it will help you. Uh, get a beat on on what's going on midweek and what our thinking is heading into the deadline. In addition to that extra pod, you get access to other competitive mini leagues, including our first ever cup competition, which is in full swing right now. And after game week seven is over, we'll be down to 64 supporter teams in the Harvey Milk Mustache Cup. So congrats to everyone who eked it through to the round of 64 you also get access to our slack discussion thread where you have uh, access to me and josh yes uh, we we do rate my teams day in day out there and also uh -huh. t-shirts and other swag at the highest level of support yeah and uh just one final note here which is that uh when when Brian and I have especially bad game weeks, uh, like we like we're having this week, uh, it can be very hard to do this podcast and show up on Sunday nights. And it is because of our Patreon supporters that we never miss a pod, and it's because we feel like we really 
um, they are they are pledging their support for us, and we in turn need to return the favor and get a pot out, even when we are feeling a little a little low. Um, so, uh, which it always feels like a little silly. Like, of course, we do this for years and years, but you know, the whole reason we did a podcast to begin with is because, because we love playing fantasy and we take it way too seriously. And so, um, you know, that's um, so sometimes we are we are going to be a little down. We try to, you know. Um, be professional about it but um yeah it's because of our patreon supporters that uh that we keep doing the pod every week so uh thank you to everyone who currently supports the pod and uh, shout out to our new producer patron by the way bobby styles mm-hmm. thank you so much bobby Thanks, bobby yep and so patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go all right, Brian, we're back. Game week eight kicks off again. Another a double Friday. This is, I think, the first, the first double. You know, this is probably the first double Friday in the history of the Premier League. I just realized, not counting, wow. not counting the like, you know, Boxing Day, you know, holiday mess. So actually, we probably have double Fridays literally every single year. But, but discounting that for yeah. a normal week, uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty wild. I'm super psyched that the game week eight is going to be over Sunday evening and the the Friday, like Thursday is the new Friday, right? So we're, we're all kind of checked out, uh, even <laughs> though we, we, we work hard on Friday, but we're sure. still at the same time checked out. In case your boss is listening, you've now covered yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, boss. Okay. Now you can just skip ahead 30 seconds. I 100% want to check out after lunch on a Friday and yeah. what better way to do it with Brighton and Burnley. But the Monday fixtures are a killer because that's the coda to the game week. I kind of just need to move on at that point. And, you know, we're staring down the barrel of a meaningless West Brom Fulham fixture bar relegation that's happening in six months time. Um, I just want to be done. So Friday fixtures, thumbs up. Monday fixtures, thumbs down. Therefore, game week eight is giving a bona fide thumbs up from Brandon Kelly. Yeah, it's getting a thumbs up for me, too, um, especially because these these first two matches are pretty low stakes. Uh, I don't think anyone's capped anybody in these matches. Uh, Danny Ings is probably not going to play. Uh, safe yeah. to safe to assume. Uh, we don't really uh, which know bumps yet. me out because I was actually thought I was going to move Jimenez to Danny Ings for this game week, and yeah. now that plan is scuttled. Not that I could have done it anyway, because apparently I don't have any playing goalkeepers or defenders, so I've got other fish to fry. <laughs> right, exactly. Suddenly, it saves you, it saves you a suddenly, none transfer. of them are playing. <laughs> So, uh, I guess Lamptey, uh, like went off. I think he's going to be okay. Um, it looks like a cramp to me, uh, that not, I I haven't heard any of the, the commentary, but it looked like he, you know, he was, he was sort of pulling on his foot. Like it looked like a guy trying, I mean, yeah, Yeah. he was rubbing his hamstring, but who knows? Feels like cramp. Feels like a cramp. If, you know, certainly I, I plan to start him in this match, uh, at home to Burnley, unless, uh, you know, we should have more news. Uh, by 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 this Friday's match, um, Southampton Newcastle. That's kind of fun too. I mean, these are these are just like a perfect um, appetizer Premier League mm-hmm. matches. Brandon, a little a little amuse bouche. Yeah, amuse bouche. Exactly. I was gonna say bon mot, but that's that's a it's a witty it's a witty well, comment, right? Not a, is... not a not a not a bon, bonbon. I guess I was thinking of bonbon <laughs> like a chocolate bonbon. We put the foodie <laughs> in FPL this week. <laughs> Apparently, uh, so those are fun. I don't think we talk about those too much. Uh, and then Saturday, you've got um, a fun spread. And I, I, one thing that I, I'm looking at Saturday's matches, we have the the classic four match spread here. And Antonio, if it comes out that he is healthy 
and ready to play in game week seven. Uh, it would be fun to have Antonio uh, mm-hmm. for that full match. Probably too risky, right? If he was, on, if he was, if he has this nagging hamstring, then yeah. you probably don't play him, right? Particularly on the on the eve of an international break, where you right. know Antonio can get yet another week's rest, and a guy like Antonio, who's always struggled with injury, you kind of want to give him as much yeah. rest time as possible. So I think the odds of him playing are pretty slim. Yeah, that was the bummer about the Inks thing, you know, because I mean, I, I dropped Inks a few weeks ago on, on my wild card, but I, I just like I like him. He's a fun player to watch, and even even when he scored that goal today, I was like, ah, yeah cheeky bastard you know it was like, it wasn't like enraged i was just like ah oh, like you're, you're too good damn like why did i ever drop you you're so good um, it's like it's like when tom cruise does the uh the flyby of the of the of the like air tower and top gun all the all the like, i'm not doing card. a great job <laughs> he's just such a good pilot god damn it <laughs> and the worst part yeah exactly the worst part is he's better than me so <laughs> so, so those those are fun and i i guess um looking at so both of us have this as many people do this uh roman size issue unless we have some massive injury news that comes through i will probably have to burn a transfer this week i could probably get away with not burning a transfer uh, but I'm pro- I think I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I've got a little bit yeah. of money invested in him, and it, it, it frees up some cash too because I'm all about taking cash out of my defense right now. So I would be looking at Kyle Walker Peters at home to Newcastle or um, Kufal, who I, I mean, I have to be quite honest. I mean, I don't really know anything about Kufal. I have not been following West Ham too closely because their matches have been, I mean, their their fixture run was so, was so poor. Um, but, you know, I mean, Kufal is. Put in, you know, I mean, one clean sheet, couple of assists already available for 4.5 million, 0.6% ownership. Like yeah. talk about make fantasy fun again, Brandon. Give me a 0.6% owned player. That's it's going to wet my whistle significantly. Yeah. And it's the it's that Czech Republic connection between him and Suchek. And it's I feel like it, it is full on. FIFA ultimate team for these guys. I know you don't play FIFA Josh, but there is the, uh, you know, Pokemon mode of the game where you collect players and okay. there is team chemistry. And obviously the chemistry comes from people. Is that, is that like friendly. a loot box thing? Is that what a loot? Yeah, box there, is? there is okay. definitely a, that that's one of the knocks on FIFA is they, they loot box the hell out of the FUT feature. Um, but team chemistry comes from just being from the same country. You know, mm-hmm. uh, having the same customs, the same rituals, but it is full on FIFA Ultimate Team. When you watch West Ham and you see Kufal and Suchek, you're like, "Yep, you guys definitely both look like you're Czech and doing your thing." And so and that, that's that's kind of, and I I don't know that that sounded like a very sort of um, jingoistic way of saying I like Kufal. It's like we, it's crazy, just, and uh, Suchek unrelated, but it's it's crazy that Suchek uh, has not returned more than once he's one assistant the season maybe a little unlucky not to get the goal that was the Jimenez own goal uh right. in, in game week three but um it feels like he is so involved doesn't it? it doesn't feel like every time I, I feel like every time I watch a West Ham match or highlights I it's like I turn around and there's Suchek like just about to score or just about to do something dangerous you know he's for a yeah. defensive midfielder he's so active Totally. And that that's what boggles the mind is the distance that he covers. I haven't I, I I'd be interested to look at the stats at 
um, you know, kilometers run during a match. But I think it's probably less the kilometers that he's run. It's just the time that it takes him to travel from one 18 to the other 18. It's like huh. suddenly, yeah, he's covering the the back line to, wow, he's, he's in the, the attacking box. It's crazy. I'm, I'm not like one of the, I'm not like an ICT person, you know, there's these ICT ranks for all of the players. And mm, yeah. Uh, Do I we even know what the, those mean? No idea. No, I have no idea. Um, but for midfielders, there, there are 237 midfielders in the fantasy game. And he, as far as threat goes, so I guess that yeah. must mean like attacking threat. Like, you know, um, I, don't, I don't actually don't know if it's like XG. <laughs> it's so dumb to even bring this up because I don't even know what it means. But for as far as threat goes, whatever that may mean, he is yeah. 10th out of 237. Uh, which seems that seems pretty high to me. Tenth out of two hundred. Oh, particularly top. for that price tag, yeah. you yeah. you you have to couch this conversation on how much Suchek costs. Which is he is he still at five point Has he risen a bit? But regardless, four point nine, four even better, <laughs> even better. And you know, I'm here celebrating the Daniel Podens return at long last, and there is a guy that's point six cheaper than Podens mm-hmm. who is. Number 10 on the ITC index, Josh. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a banner day for the ICT that you got this, this long, nice long plug on here. Maybe someone can come on and talk to us about what that means and whether we should be using it. But threat, it does sound good, Brandon. Potence ranks 29 out of 237 on the ITC index for, for midfielders. So, okay. you know, he's coming for you, Suchek. Yeah. Watch out. And it's, I, it's ICT, Brandon. So, again, you've, you've we betrayed oh, yeah. our, <laughs> our, our know-nothingness, of course. Yeah, yet again, yet again. So the other match, uh, so we have Leeds Palace. Uh, we'll, we'll table that one because we don't really know. Um, uh I, I want to see Leeds play again tomorrow. I'm actually really curious uh, how this Leeds Leicester match goes tomorrow. Uh, but Ch- Chelsea, Sheffield United. I mean, Chelsea finally put in, you know, the kind of performance that we had been expecting. And I, I, it seems clear that you know Hakim um, Ziyech, you know, really made mm-hmm. a massive difference um, in, in that squad. And so now, are you? My my feeling on Chelsea is that I don't know who to get, and so I'm not going to get any of them until yeah. I can figure that out. And are, are you, you know, like has, you know, has anyone sort of, has your opinion changed after today's match? Yeah, I have a bit, I have a bit of a curveball for you in the audience and the build up to game week seven, I have to put my hands up and, and, and do a mea culpa because a lot of people, a lot of listeners asking us about Chilwell and Chelsea defense. And I, my response was, no, I'm not interested. I'm out. I don't know what to expect from these guys. And I'm kind of like trying not to spend anything over 5.0 in my defense. And Chilwell is breaking those rules. And it's funny to me that in the match this weekend, where it was kind of a coming out party for the new Chelsea attack, mm-hmm. minus Pulisic, my attention is suddenly diverting to their defense. And yeah. I don't think I'd be thinking even that much more about their defense if I didn't have this Matt Ryan situation. Yeah. So two weeks ago, if you were to say, okay, Matt Ryan is not even playing anymore. You've got to get a new goalkeeper. No problem. Just get Martinez from Aston Villa into your goal and it's done. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Now, after two very lackluster defensive displays from Aston Villa, 
on top of the fact that Martinez is he's 4.9 at this point. So now I'm just like, why don't I just shell out for a 5.0 goalkeeper? So you see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Now I'm actually looking to get Edward Mendy in goal. And you can try to talk me out of this, but just here's the double move I'm planning for game week eight. I hope it's Benjamin Mendy and Edward Mendy. So you can have two Mendys, Brandon. Well, I could burn eight and get a Lester's Mendy in, in the midfield as well. And then I could get Kenny Banya uh, up front uh, to say soup is <laughs> not a meal. You'd have to change your team name soup is not a meal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Sace and Ryan out for Mendy and Bellerin. And mm-hmm. Arsenal have some interesting fixtures. And now these are – so I guess – in a uh, here's a broad way to frame this discussion about defense is yeah we spent a lot of time talking about cheap defense and you go to these mid table uh down the table teams to find these cheaper guys mm-hmm. and now i'm at the point where i'm very frustrated with virtually everyone and so you could say well that's even more a case to not spend any money so now i actually started looking for cheap defenders on good teams mm-hmm. and you've got Arsenal and Chelsea. Bellerin is 5.0. Mendy 5.0 is cheap yeah. enough. I guess yeah. the yeah. issue is, you know, I, I think no one would truly argue Chelsea and Arsenal are relatively good teams. However, I don't think you can argue in good conscience that they're insanely reliable defenses arsenal's probably a little more than chelsea's at this point but i think chelsea is they're getting there so suddenly i'm going it it feels good to me to go from just trying to have faith in brighton and aston villa every week to now my chips are with chelsea and arsenal is that crazy no i mean um i mean once you see that Baron is 15 out of 216 defenders for creativity. <laughs> you know, I think that probably Bobby changes ICT. the game for you. Yeah, he's <laughs> dominating the ICT. And let's 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 look at your boy Mendy. I bet he's got some great ICT stats as well. Um, I mean, yeah. how many games do you have to play to register on the ICT index? Oh, he's he's there for in terms of goalkeeper threat. He is uh, 60th out of 68. <laughs> I see he's a little low on the threat. But he's, in terms of but he's influ- threatening. In terms of influence, whatever that means, he's 22 out of 68. So that's, you know, there's only 20 teams in the league, Brandon. So he's, he's a little below, yeah. uh, right. you know, but but he did start late. So let's uh, credit where it's due. Um, yeah, he, he, I mean, I mean the, the clearest sign that he's made an impact. And I mean, honestly, given how Kepa had performed, I think you really can draw a line here. He's played three matches for Chelsea so far. Uh, and they have three clean sheets in those three matches. Um, he missed the Southampton match where they, so he, he basically, he joined right before game week three. It was too early. They conceded three goals to West Brom. He started the crystal palace match four nil. Uh, and then he got injured. He missed the Southampton match three, three, and then clean sheet away to man United clean sheet away to Burnley. So three matches, three clean sheets, pretty impressive. I bet he climbs up right on that influence. Uh, yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> upwards of 45 ish uh, before the end mm-hmm. of the year but you look at looking at uh i think we'll we'll get more into arsenal talk when we get to the sunday's fixtures but arsenal's next two are aston villa Leeds, then wolves spurs burnley i'm like it, it's more of a long-term prospect for it like arsenal's fixtures like they're really appealing defensive defensive fixtures are kind of yeah 
scattered here, there, and everywhere. Chelsea, yeah. though, Sheffield United at Newcastle, and then the next two, followed by Spurs, Leeds, Villa, Wolves, West Ham. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I, 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 I hate that I've been put in a position where I have to really, I've just been working on my defense for weeks now. I wish yeah. I was done with this. I wish I could focus on my attack. Thankfully, I've got no injuries or suspensions at this point, knock wood, to deal with in my attack. So, you know, focus remains on on the defense. Yeah, I mean, could you field three defenders next week without, like, in, like with Sace on the bench not playing? If Sace doesn't play, I'd need, um, yes, I could. If Sace and Mitchell again don't play, then I've got Dean, James Justin and Matt Target playing, but then yeah. I've got okay, so, uh, I have no so, goalkeeper though. Wait, so is Dean back for the? Um, who, so he's back for the for the Man yeah. United match. Okay, yes, so it was just the one. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's not that's not bad then. That's 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 an option. That's that's something. It is an option. I saw you tweeting earlier today, Josh, about one of our listeners saying um, they they needed to do some surgery in their defense because they have a, s- a similar situation to me where they're concerned about people not playing. But in this climate, with what's happening with defenses, what's the worst case scenario? What, you just get a right. zero from your defender? Well, we've got a bunch of playing defenders who are putting up zeros left and right. So right. instead of taking yeah. a minus four hit, maybe have a little patience. I have this tendency. So when I mowed the lawn when I was a kid, mm-hmm. here's my my tactic was always go around the edge of the lawn first, just like do the border and then go around yeah. all the trees. I basically wanted to do all of the busy work before I actually just plowed through and did the rest sure. of the grass. Yeah. So I have this temptation or this this um impulse Maybe I'll just take a minus four and that's done. I don't have to think about it anymore. And then I can just get to the business of being an FPL manager. But as we all know, it actually doesn't, it's never that clean, is it? No, never, never really works, does it? That, that, that approach. So I I think, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, the, the problem is you don't have a wild card. I mean, at some point you're gonna have to solve this problem. So a goalkeeper, not having a goalkeeper is just like, it's not something you can like get away with forever. Like you're not gonna... <laughs> You know, and so, yeah, like, do you want to spend two consecutive game weeks blowing your transfers on defenders? I I don't know, maybe, but I, I, I think I would be in the same boat as you. I would just take my chances, burn the four, hope that you got a clean yeah. sheet. Um, yeah. You know, if, if he concedes, I mean, you know, if you, if you got three points, you know, if you got three saves, then you're only down minus one. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, in assuming that they, you know, conceded a goal. So yeah. I think I think it probably is worth it. And I think, yeah, yeah, but the trick is I can only get to Mendy if I sell saves to get that point one. So I guess that's the rest of the story. That's enough right. about my team. Though. I see. Okay. Enough All right. Yeah. Team. Enough about your team. All right. So let's move on to uh, Sunday's matches. Um, I guess that's this is where you're going to find your captains, right? You've got uh, Spurs away to West Brom, and uh, the, I think Kane and Kane is so funny, isn't it? Like it, like it's crazy that he is. He has like fully embraced this idea that he's like a forward and a midfielder now. You know, it's like it was always kind of the joke about him. <laughs> Why don't I do both? Yeah, but it also kind of works. Like it's fine, yeah. I guess. Like yeah. he only he's you know, I mean, uh, what can you say, right? I mean, six goals. Do you think he saw Suchek play for West Ham and he thought I could do be that? What it was yeah, I think he was. He was like, ah, oh, they're bringing the Ajax style <laughs> to, to the Premier League. 
yeah, I mean, six goals, eight assists, gets another goal today. Should have had a brace, got a little unlucky. I mean, whatever, that's going to happen, right? Like his balls yeah. are pinging in, like he's like a you know massive tree trunk of a dude. Like, of course, like you're not like sometimes you're not going to like find your feet, you know, just the right time. So sure. whatever, I wasn't too annoyed about that. I mean, it was it was annoying because it was like it was called a big chance missed, sure, and that knocked him you know out of the bonus point. Yeah, famously happened to. Uh... Uh, there was a pivotal match where this happened to Mane last season, I think it was, where he was just raking in all the points and BPS in some Liverpool match last season, got mm-hmm. some ball served to him on a platter, and he just put it wide and suddenly off the map. Th- uh, totally, exactly. It's like it's a real bonus point killer. So whatever, though. But I mean, you know, all, all, all things considered, I have I've had him for three weeks, and I have... 27 points from him in those three weeks, right? So I've averaged nine points a match. Uh, and they play West good. Brom. They, yeah, it's pretty good. And they play West Brom in game week eight. So I think the only question now is, um, you know, and then, and then Sun has, has been pretty much the same, right? Um, the only question now is, um, I mean, Sun has eight goals and two assists, a couple of fewer assists. The, the match, so the, uh, to answer, to, to finish my thoughts, the only question now is whether, um, after this match, Sun or Kane become a little more droppable because their fixture run does get um, a little bit worse. And so if Sun were to put in another indifferent performance today, um, especially with Gareth Bale coming and scoring, I think Sun would be the one who I'd be more likely to mm-hmm. to move on, you know, possibly to free up some money for uh, Kevin De Bruyne or something like that. Yeah, I think that's right because Kane is undroppable, though – yeah, I, I wouldn't look to do it immediately after game week eight because of the international break. And right. I could be corrected to be wrong, but I know that South Korea didn't play at all during the last international break. So yeah. if it's the same holds true, we'll have to look this Are up. Are they still if... going to play it next week? Like, give me a break. It does, like, it does seem crazy. It does, seem, it does crazy. seem crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, England is about to go into lockdown and they're just going to like send people all over the world and then come back to the country. And I mean, I know that I know that they're fairly safe, but like, it's, that just seems needlessly risky to me. Okay. South Korea does have a match scheduled with Mexico on November 14th to be played. Google does not tell me where they will be playing. Uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. So if they do go through with this charade of international football during a global pandemic, Hung and Sun will probably be be playing. I don't know. It, sometimes South, we need to do more intel on this because sometimes South <laughs> yeah. Korea will field teams of like just people who live within the country and that sort of thing. Anyway, I think you see what my point is there. Maybe Sun is a hold until after game week nine. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I don't think either player is is needs to be moved on. I mean, they play Man City at home in game week nine. I mean, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home. I mean, I guess the Arsenal match is the only one that's like truly scary. Um, you know, Liverpool away in game week 13 isn't ideal, but it's a good time to play them, right, without Van Dyke. I mean, geez, yeah. like Gomez is just, um, he's going to lose his job at Liverpool, I think. You know, I mean, just that. Um, such poor clearance, you know, led to that the goal in the West Ham match. Um, so I think the the one thing I'm thinking about is Captain Sun uh, away. Uh, he has three double digit returns in a row matches already. Uh, he scored four away to Southampton in game week two. Uh, he has he had two goals and an assist away to Man United in game week four. He had a goal and an assist um, 
Oh no, he just said that he had the goal and three bonus points mm-hmm. um, away to Burnley in game week six. So there is something about the counterattacking style that you have in road matches that seems to really help his game. And um, I also think his ownership might, or his captaincy percentage might just be a little bit lower, especially after an indifferent match um, in game week seven and with Kane scoring. And so it might be a chance to be a little bit different um, while still having a player who could absolutely go off in game week eight. Yeah, I think that that's the right mode of thinking. And just looking at Kane's performance today against Brighton, just dropping deeper and deeper and deeper and it's not hurting his game at all obviously Kane looks like a season keeper FPL wise right now but at if if you're talking about that counter-attack style Kane is the player who is looking to provide the service and that's kind of his his mode he's looking for goals and he's looking for service looking to provide service Hungman's son will never change he is that Mo Salah level of passing the ball is low on his list of priorities. So uh, the goal, he's a, he's a goal hungry player and that's perfect for captaincy. Um, The other matches uh, that I think are worth, I mean, obviously you have the Man City Liverpool match on Sunday and could you even harbor again? I mean, I, I have absolutely no, I wouldn't even pretend to know what that match will look like, right? I mean, it feels completely, um, it feels completely unpredictable. Like Liverpool could win; that seems very possible. Uh, yeah. Man City could could pull it all together and 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 you know, like just clean the floor with them, like they did this summer. You know, I think it was like a four yeah. win or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any thoughts on how that match is going to play out? Well, my great hope is that Thiago is healthy because I think that that's something that Liverpool really missed this weekend was any sort of um, tempo in the midfield. And that's been my big takeaway this season so far is that when Alden and Henderson, as sort of integral as they are to the recent history of the last two two trophy-winning seasons of Liverpool, it's kind of like they their race feels run a little bit and... Tiago, uh, even Jota to another degree, just a little bit of, of fresh blood being injected in there. And I think that would really help them. And with Manchester City having their defense like relatively healthy again, I thought Laporte, you know, coming back yet again for the millionth time from injury, playing alongside Ruben Diaz, I thought that looked yeah. pretty strong. So Liverpool will need the help of uh somebody like like tiago so that's my hope and if that's the case if liverpool are able to field the lineup that they really do want to yeah i i think it will just be a tight draw like a one one two two sort of a draw yeah it just like you you remember that match that we were super excited about like we did a media blackout two seasons ago with the the sane last minute winner where yeah. it was just like great match. it was the best match but it was nil nil up until the death and it was like that was a nil nil that could only be played with two teams sort of at the peak of their powers and yeah i don't think we're going to get that this weekend i don't think that's to say it's not going to be an entertaining match but each team is gonna gonna have to need one or two of their their star players to step up yeah um i i you know i have this uh foden issue now i mean it's very tempting to just hold a transfer um this week and just try to get myself 
maximum flexibility to sort that problem out. Um, I'm a little on the fence about that. I, I might just do it. I, I don't, you know, I'm just sort of, I don't know what, um, I mean, this is the, my, my defenders for game week three. If I just held my transfer would be, um, Lamptey, if he's healthy, Stuart Dallas, away to crystal palace and Robertson. I mean, that's fine, right? Like Dallas, Lamptey, Robertson. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what Dallas is going to get away to Crystal Palace, but is it worth burning a transfer to to replace him with Kufal or something like that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's Why really... would you replace a defender playing uh, Crystal Palace? That seems crazy. Like, Palace do not produce a lot of attacking opportunities. I don't know. I'm talking myself into it, Brandon. <laughs> I, I, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. So, uh, yeah. So that, that I'm a little on the fence about uh, what I'm going to do there. Um, Arsenal, Aston Villa. We just we did say we we talk a little bit about uh, Arsenal, and um, yeah, I, I'm impressed. I, I, you know, I sort of. Um, um, I got so burned out at the end of the Wenger years, and and then the kind of just the the boringness of, of the years, you know, the, the two years that came after that, that I sort of, um, I kind of like a little checked out on the team and I'm just so impressed with Arteta and just so impressed with, um, with how organized they are. And, you know, Gabriel just looks like, uh, really yeah, like a looks perfect. Great. Yeah. Awesome center back. Um, and yeah, Barry Thomas Partey. Oh yeah. He was so good. in that Arsenal yeah. match, he's incredible. Oh my God. Like what a great signing. Like just <laughs> yeah. like playing through balls and just like, he's got like a yeah. real, um, he's, you know, I, I, I'm not even sure who I would compare him to. Like, I guess it's like a Pogba, right? Like a yeah. little, like sort of a, you know, just like he plays a little deeper, but he can just he's like doing you know, the work in the midfield basically. Yeah. And he's got, yeah. um, yeah, he's got the, the mind that can basically multitask. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pressing, gaining possession. I'm also looking for the pass and yeah, that's what Jaka rarely did. He could only like sort of yeah. hold to one idea in his head at the same time. Worthless in fantasy, but he makes the whole team better for sure. And yeah, right. yeah, I think I think yeah, the defenders. I mean, I, I wish that um, I wish that Holding was a was a more stable starter in that team, which he isn't. Um, uh, I mean, unless Louise is out just like indefinitely, which doesn't look like he's going to be. Um, yeah, but otherwise you've got Tierney, which just is a little too pricey for my taste. And I, I think, I think it's Baron. Um, yeah, it's, it's Baron or I, I, I mean, Leno to me, that's like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess like if you're talking about Mendy, Leno is like up there too. He had a pretty good match. He's the same thing basically, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but in, in a way, and this is. I've made this mistake in a few ways in my defense is, you know, picking coverage from a defensive coverage from a team the wrong way, like getting Matt Ryan yeah. instead of Tariq Lamptey. So right. you have to figure out if you're, what can you afford a pairing certain teams? So if you go for Leno and goal, and then you also want a piece of Chelsea defense, mm-hmm. then you have to, you have to be able to afford Chilwell which I can't. So therefore, and and you have to flip it. And so you put Mendy in goal, you concede the attacking option in Chelsea and you go for the attacking option on the defense of Arsenal. I can't afford Bellerin. So that's how I end up making that decision. And I think still Bellerin has looked even, even since we got back from lockdown at the tail and tail end of last season, Bellerin looks recharged and he was coming back from injury. And, um, I think tyranny, especially playing on the same side as Saka, 
-hmm. he and Sokka sort of share duties on the left flank and Beren is kind of doing it all himself on the right side. And I think that's really appealing that exclusivity on one flank. Yeah. Sokka is like, I, he is a future fantasy asset. It just, he, he hasn't quite put it all together yet, but he, he's, he's, they're just a fun team to watch right now. There, there's a lot of young, interesting players on there on that squad. And, um, it's funny. It feels like they haven't played like a super relevant fantasy match. Um, kind of also, even this one, weirdly, it's weird that Arsenal would play Man United and there was just almost no significant fantasy implications in that one. Uh, yeah. but I think, um, I think, I think moving forward, maybe it might not even be until next season, but I think that we'll see, um, there'll be a lot to like, even from a fantasy perspective from Arsenal on that note, Brandon, that's game week eight. Pretty fun matches, I think. I think we got some fun, some fun ones this weekend. Oh, one hundred percent. So, as far as bus teams are concerned, though, I just want to know about captaincy. So, your son is is where you're you're feeling right now. He's not a mortal lock or anything, but well, I'm not I, I asking think... you to commit at this point. There, there's mm-hmm. no signing bonus here or anything <laughs> like that. I yeah. do think it's it's hard to not say that Spurs is again like the the but standout that, option here. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kane, Kane or son is, is fine. I, um, I think that, uh, Sala just as a, as a, at, you know, ever, ever present option. I mean, if we want to go off the board a little bit, um, maybe, maybe it's Zich, um, yeah, especially if he gets rested for the champions league game. Um, maybe he's an option. Although Sheffield United, like I actually, you know, I take that back instantly, Brandon, because Sheffield United <laughs> have, this, they have this ability, even though they are not good, they are a team that I feel like no one wants to play because they have yeah. this ability to just make every match a total grind. Yeah. They seem to be losing all of them, but they lose all of them like one nil. Um, and so I think that I, I can't imagine them scoring away to Chelsea. So I guess, I guess there's that, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just can't see anything significant come out of that match for for any of the Chelsea attacking assets. Good. You've satisfied me, Josh. Now we can take a break. <laughs> okay. All right, let's take a break and uh we'll be back in a minute. All right, gang. Even though sports had a break, you remember that break? They had that break. Your business, it didn't have a break. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering you, our listeners, a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing. All, all all varieties of it, Brandon. I was delighted that uh, Michigan State once again went in Ann Arbor and, uh, and and won the Paul Bunyan Trophy back. Go green. Uh, yesterday. Uh, you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get it in every possible chance to win this season. 
this long season. The NBA season hasn't even started yet, Brandon. We're going to have games. We're going to have sports forever, you know? <laughs> Bubble, bubbles, and, 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 and sans bubbles, whatever. We're going mm-hmm. to have sports going on all the time. Uh, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, Brandon. That's the promo code you want to use. It's all one word. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, Josh. So every week we talk about male grooming and you can you can sort of giggle a little bit manscaped they special specialize in grooming below the belt but josh i've got some big news right this week in the mail manscaped sent me their what they call the weed whacker and this is their tool that helps you above the belt it is an electric nose and ear hair trimmer now i'm not ashamed to admit it i've got nose hair and sometimes I'm in there with these little tiny uh, scissors and it's 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 a disaster. It's not simple. It's not elegant. So I can now use the Manscaped Weed Whacker to trim my, my nose hair. Thankfully, I do not have to deal with ear hair yet, but I'm sure that's, that's close on the horizon. The beautiful thing about Manscaped products, though, is they're all waterproof. A lot of them, including their lawnmower, which takes care of your trimming below the belt have a little led light on there so you're in the shower where i like to do a lot of my shaving even though i have a beard josh i actually do have to shave a little bit just to clean up the edges of my beard i really like doing that in the shower and you can do that with the lawnmower with the weed whacker all these beautiful manscaped products that are chargeable they're cordless you can use them anywhere up to 90 minutes Hmm. and they also they also sell these beautiful like balms and lotions and whatnot so when when you're done trimming yourself just really make yourself smell good and feel good with these these lotions they make perfect gifts if you or know someone in your life who wants to give you a manscape product provide them with this code in your your holiday shopping list always go to manscape.com and get 20 percent off and free shipping with our code always Basically, all I'm saying is if you love your package, if you love your your nose and your ears, you want to give that gift to someone who does, visit manscaped.com. Get 20% off free shipping with the code ALWAYS. All right, Brian, we're back. A lightning round of Patreon supporter questions. We were a little, we were very focused on our teams this week, but uh, we had a few questions from Patreon supporters that wanted to get to in our lightning round. So we're going to treat these in true lightning round style, 30 second answers to all of the questions. First one comes from FPL Ant. He says, is Jota, that's, this is Diogo Jota. Is, is the other Jota even still playing in Estevilla? I'm not even <laughs> sure. Did he, did he leave? There were two Jodas for a while. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I don't care to know. <laughs> Says, is he the answer to the question we've all been afraid to ask? What do you think? We we can't really bring him in, right? Like it's. Yeah, I was getting a real shellacking uh, from some of our Patreon supporters after Jota came on and scored that winner for Liverpool against West Ham about how mm. I've been discounting his usefulness. As far as FPL is concerned, there is this idea of, I mean, Jota was a legit fantasy pick when he was on Wolves, but then it becomes the whole 
he is the lesser of so many great fantasy picks on Liverpool. So how is he going to rise to the top? And I feel like I've been burned so many times just yeah. going for the cheaper option on a team that has premium fantasy contenders. So I yeah. don't, I don't know if I'm ready to accept Jota. I, I'm slowly coming around to the idea that, yeah, that was a pretty good signing that Klopp made. Yeah. Um, but I don't I'm, know how, I'm, where I'm there not, on that. Oh, well, no, I'm there. there. And well, I, from a, I mean, from a fantasy point of view, it's, it's hard to bring him in. Cause it's, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I went Foden, I should have gone Jota. Right. I mean, if you're going to have a, uh inconsistent starter you might as well go with the one that's a little bit cheaper um you know he's available for 6.3 million and he started i guess well this is the problem he's, he started two of the last five so you have to it's sort of like whether you think i mean in some ways i think he's kind of the like firmino replacement and the question is whether that is going to happen Jota is? I, to me he is yeah I, th- I think you ultimately can play him in a forward role. I think, I think you play him a little bit like, I know, I know he's a, he's certainly he plays sort of on the left, but I think yeah. that you could play him. I mean, Klopp has traditionally been a little positionless up front with his players, right? You'll see, yeah. you'll see Mane and Salah play centrally. I think that, I think Jota could play centrally as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, I think that I, I, I think that he is versatile enough that you could see him play in a, in a kind of forward spot. And I think that he is, you know, capable of being, um, you know, a pretty good presser as well. So, um, I mean, if he, if he wasn't pressing to clap standards, he wouldn't be getting all these minutes. Right. So I think, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just wonder if that may be the spot because Firmino is not, it's not, I, I don't know. It's just it's not, not really working. Happening. It's not working no. for him this, this year. And, no. and I, I, you know, and so I wonder if maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe it's you play Jota on the left and you play, uh, you know, Mane up top and you play Salah on the right or something. I, I'm not really sure. Maybe you play, I mean, they, they, they played all four last week um, and it was moderately successful. I don't know. I don't know if you call that Sheffield United match a success or not. It wasn't very fun to watch. But um, my concern so I, about yeah. that is what you're missing then is Firmino. Firmino worked in that number nine role for so long because he was just looking for his buds and he was able to play those passes and he was able to uh, sort of do all of the dirty work. He could press, he could hold up and he could look for the pass. And if you replace him with a player like Jota, who I do rate, but you kind of rate him with this when he's heading toward goal, not with his back to goal. So I just, right. I wonder what you lose in that situation. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it feels like they're struggling to score goals this year and he's got sure. three of them already. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. got three times as many goals as, as Firmino does, at least in the, in the premier league. And so, um, I, I just, I, they might just need him, you know, just because yeah. Firmino can't seem to score anymore. And so, um, I yeah, know, I, I guess mean, what I, I'm asking yeah, for is them yeah. to just find a player who's exactly like Firmino and bring right. him in. She probably yeah. probably doesn't exist. So, I guess the question is, you know, for the Firmino, like how he fit in aside. I guess the question is whether, you know, he's just kind of needed to be a starter in that team. And yeah. if so right. then then he is obviously tremendous value at six point three million. But uh, and I and I hate to be like, oh, you've got to wait because it's such a boring answer, and and you can miss on a big returns while you're waiting, but. Um, you know, I mean, he only played 20 minutes, uh, in game week seven. I mean, it, most times when you're, when you only play 20, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you're going to do what Phil Foden did, right? You're going to get one point. Yeah. So, um, he actually had two goals. He had one chalked for a, a marginal offside. So he, 
he really or a weird foul on foul on Monaghan. It was. was that what it was? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who knows what was going on? It was all less, happening in, 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 on a computer screen, Joshua. Yeah, less than what happened in the lead up to Lamptey's goal. I'll say that much. I don't know. That was a weird <laughs> one. <laughs> oh my God. Let's not talk about it. Let us not talk about it. Like, what are we even doing, people? What are we? Why are? Why do we have this? Like, it's it like strange. it's like. It, did Graham? Did what? What is this? Like Graham Roberts or whatever the hell that yeah. referee's name yeah. is. Um, yeah. He cut such like a grandpa in front of a TV where he's like, I'm going to tell you yeah. what the right and call was. VAR has made nothing better. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. it is not, where the interpretation of the rules, whatever you want to call it, guys. Sure, like, yeah. Some people will yeah. say the VA, that that situation with the Lamptey goal proves that VAR isn't the problem. The referees are the problem. Well, then the counter to that is then why do we even have VAR? Well, why yeah. why the charade? Uh, if, we, yeah. if we're just going to continue to deal with these idiot refs, then I like yeah. it the way it used to be with it Me when too. it was just the idiot refs. VAR and the Kane thing, too. It's just like, I, I just liked it when we didn't start stop everything for four or five minutes at a time to review it. It just, it's just not, it is not entertaining to me at all. Uh, and anyway, I don't, I want to go down that road. Uh, but geez, like I wish it didn't affect every single match so much. Yeah. Oh my God. You see what happens, Francis, you ask me about Diego Jota and we talk about VAR. So let that be a <laughs> lesson to there's you. No, there's no way we can't bring it around to VAR at some point. Uh, Nervous Ned says, uh, looking at heat maps and threat in the last two weeks, uh, Trent and Rabba are nowhere uh, nowhere near as attacking as they were in the first five, uh, as they're still so expensive. Okay, so the yada, yada, yada. The, it's the classic question. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do we do with Trent and Rabo? It is what a disaster. I mean, to get to get consecutive blanks from, from Robertson at $7 million, right? Yeah. Like an incredibly yeah. expensive defender. And at $7 million, I got blanks at home to Sheffield United and at home to West Ham. Uh, both times on, on one was on a tiny VAR foul. Uh, one was on a, just a atrocious, um, clearance from, from Gomez. Uh, what do, what do you think about these defenders? You don't have any. <laughs> no, I don't have any. And Virgil van Dijk kind of solved that problem for me. They've got to go. They do have to go. And I, I, I'm sure they'll, they'll eventually come good, but I think I think the the standard line is there are too many players in midfield and in the forward line where that yeah. money is going to be better spent. And listen, yeah. if you sell Trent, if you sell Robertson, you won't be the only ones. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not like their prices are going to change. And if they do change, they're going to be cheaper to buy back. So if you sell them, rest assured, you can always buy them back when the time comes. This is not a divorce. This is just a... Um, what do you call it? Like a conscious uncoupling. Of right. I know I I'm still, I'm holding Robertson for now. Cause it just feels like, uh, you know, I, I, until I need the money, it's fine. Uh, but it, it, it it's just super frustrating because, um, there are all these small things. It's just one goal in most of these matches, you know, I mean, outside of the, that match they conceded seven, uh, but it, <laughs> just the seven. Yeah. But a, a poor run coming up too. I mean, I mean, I, not like horrendous, but just like, you know, Man City away. Obviously, that's a, that's about as bad as it gets. Uh, Leicester at home, that is not an especially appealing fixture. They play Wolves in a couple weeks, and Wolves have a tendency to nick a goal in, in every match. So, um, yeah, so I, I got, I'm i not holding for now, but I don't feel great about it. And I would definitely not be doubled up. That That's just like, uh, 
that, that is an easy answer there. Don't double up on, on those two. But here's uh, the other side yeah. of the coin, though, is Ned goes on to say, who are you going to move them to? Chilwell, Cresswell, Kilman, Zuma, yeah. Mings, who are all in their own way good options, and there are tons of other good options, but defense is so wildly unpredictable. So yeah, I think... I think while I would advocate for selling Trent and Robertson, the you can't sell them unless you know what good thing you're going to do with that money and probably uh, meaning what good thing are you going to do in your midfield or forward. So it's kind of less which defender are you going to bring in for them because it's a crapshoot. And if you or I were to profess to say, here's the best defender to bring in for them, we'd be liars, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I suppose Chilwell would be the most tempting uh, option, you know, just because he is a million cheaper. But yeah, I I, I agree with the the broad sentiment there. Um, Francis says, uh, "Will Brighton be relegated despite every match?" The commentators remark, "How you would think that they were a side pushing for the top six. Yeah, has any team gotten fewer points while looking good at the same time?" Uh, I, they did. They looked really good today, especially in the second half, and a little unlucky to lose for sure. Um, it's, their defense is not so hot. Yeah, though. I don't know. I, was, I saw this question and I was struggling with it because, in a way, yes, I agree. Brighton have looked great in most matches against, particularly against top opposition. Yeah. However. I, at, at what point do you stop? Do you start putting the blame on Brighton, like that they're not actually winning yeah. these games? It's not like the games are completely being taken away from them. I mean, they were given a goal in that yeah. Spurs match, and they—I mean, it was all pinned on Neil Maupay in that Manchester United match. But Maupay himself, a Brighton player, yeah. blew it for them. It wasn't like. It wasn't like it was that match was stolen from them. So, you know, you, you can you can only take that narrative so far, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I think where you land with yeah. Brighton is they're just a fine team. They're OK. They yeah. won't get relegated. I can tell you that much. It's weird that they did so well. I mean, you look at like who played for them today. It's, it's such a motley crew, you know, like it's the rumors that Mape, maybe it's a COVID thing, although I, I who knows? It's not, not the kind of thing you want to speculate about, but um regardless yeah it was it was it was like it was just a it was a fine team performance i think the the um the three at the back uh with the wing back especially because of lamptey it does help them but yeah i don't know it's just, it's a weird thing i mean you know trissard is one of those players who is like you really like it's crazy that he only has one goal and two assists in the season because every time you watch him play you're like this guy is awesome like he's so uh, you know, just like he's so energetic and takes a lot of shots and um, looks up pretty well with Mape too. Um, Trossard just needs yeah. to accept his fate as one of the greatest indoor soccer players ever. <laughs> just take your career and go join an indoor soccer team. Trey Rockers. Yeah. You'll be great. That's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, last questions from AJ says, what's your rate in a Villa attacking assets going forward? I'm certainly happy, happy as a Grealish walking owner with the points, uh, but the game felt weird and hard to assess. Uh, Watkins to Callum Wilson is tempting. Uh, it sure is, AJ. So, Brandon, what do you think? Um, I think Villa, you hold. Yeah. I think you yeah. hold. Yeah. You look at Villa's upcoming fixtures, Arsenal, you know, I'm I'm considering buying into that defense, and maybe yeah. that could be a tricky match. However, after that, 
Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom, Palace. It's a really great run. And I think it's kind of splitting hairs if you're at this point talking about moving Watkins to to Callum Wilson. Especially Watkins taking that pen at the end of the match. I think that's Villa as a club saying, hey, we're invested in you getting, you know, really, truly getting off the mark. And... And we need more goals, and we need more goals from you. Yep. So that feels good to me. And Grealish is just yep. undeniable at this point, I think. I felt the same way. I was glad they, they gave Watkins that goal. It looks like Grealish did not want to give it up. Uh, that worked out fine for him in the end. But uh, I, I think that that will help Watkins. I mean, we all know how forwards are. You know, they, they need to be scoring goals or they just, like, completely lose their confidence. So I think... Um, that was helpful. And she said, it's a good run ahead. And so I was reading some article recently. that was just like, don't waste your energy trying to like flip your cheap forwards. Like it just like, just pick one and stick with them because they're, they're so unpredictable and you never really know when they're going to go off. And, um, and maybe I actually think in some ways a match like way to Arsenal could help Watkins because, um, he can maybe use his speed and, and get something on the break, which he really hasn't been able to do these last couple matches because he's been playing, Southampton, yeah. they gave them more of the ball. Leeds gave them more of the ball, at least in the first half of that match. So um, I don't know. So I, I think maybe we could see a little bit more, you know, from Watkins. I hope so. And I, you know, for, for right now, he's going to stay just because I, I think long term, I probably try to turn him into Grealish. You know, I have, I have three Astabella players, so I actually can't bring in Grealish without dropping Watkins. So uh, that is the one. That is the one move I would consider doing as well, just because Grealish is. Um, Again, he's in that category of the like player who could score fifteen to twenty points, and yeah. that's that's the kind of player that that I want right now. You know, just those those big returns. Yeah, definitely, I agree. If you have to choose between the two, you hold Grealish. I guess I guess that's kind of obvious, but that that's the move. Yep. Yeah, seven three million. Um, all right. Well, that's the pod. Good luck to everybody tomorrow. Uh, there's two matches to go. I don't know how many players there are, but certainly Bamford and and a few others are. Are involved. Some people have Leeds defenders like myself, and you have uh, James Justin. Justin. Yep. <laughs> That's right. So if you my one to... playing defender, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was yeah, so I mean, ridiculous. I mean, I'm on zeros from uh, I'm on zeros from Target and Martinez as well. So I'm like, uh, I, and and zero from Sace actually. So wow, I can't believe yeah. it. You've had actual people who have actually played, and you're still zeros. Yeah, it's yeah. Wild. It's, not fun uh so uh thank you to everybody for listening uh one last shout out to the patreon if you want to become a patreon supporter go to patreon.com slash always cheating especially early in the month it's perfect time to do it um so brandon do you want to thank our producers oh yeah big love to our producers trevor ingerson mike DePietro, chris howell andy penn martin savage brian t the big gaffer bobas coon Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Producer Matt, Michael Uong, Bruce Kerr, Alper Poxoy, Nicholas Verdonkis, Sam Shower, Henry Baker, Will Husby, Rich Evans, and Bobby Styles. And if you haven't already, just subscribe. Go to the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll never miss an episode. And if you have time, it really does help us. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Also, follow us wherever you get your social media. 
Josh, you love that Twitter.com. We're at Hail Cheaters <laughs> there. Yeah. We occasionally post some um, very amazing photographs on our Instagram account, also Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating, email HailCheaters at gmail.com. All this information and more, including our Always Cheating shop. Big thanks to uh, producer Mike for ordering a new Always Cheating Make Fantasy Fun Again beanie. And I think this is a good time to say, Josh, that if you're if you've been eyeing some always cheating merch in our shop and you want it for the holidays, just start telling your friends and loved ones now because you know it could take us a couple of weeks to get it to you. And we want to make sure everyone has a beautiful bus team t-shirt, a make fantasy fun again hat or t-shirt, just an always cheating hoodie waiting for them so that they can be wearing that swag when they're watching all the matches uh, on Boxing Day. Am I really painting in a picture here for you, Josh? You are. Yeah, it's uh, I drifted a while, out for a while. I was just I was lost <laughs> in, the, in the photo. Um, yeah, so th- <laughs> that's where you can go uh, to find everything and buy some merch. And um, it's good merch, too, Brad. You've, you've done an excellent job with the with the design on that. So thank you for listening. Uh, let's hope that Game Week 8 is... Uh, uh, I don't know, a fun one, maybe a little more normal. I'll take, I'll take normal, Brandon. Just sure. Give me Sometimes normal, normal is fun. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, uh, hey, in, in honor of Dan Mercy and Bacani, get an assist uh, in midweek. Hail and Bacani, welcome back, our old friend. We love you, Bacani. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.